Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello. 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 Sounds a lot like our sound check. What are you talking about? That's that was an entirely original opening uh-huh. I just did. Yeah. It was copyright me. Mm-hmm. That's that's puts the old bird stamp on so that one there. So creative. So incredibly creative. Me. In case anyone wants to know what our sound check sounds like, it sounds just like that. It kind of sounded identical to that, yep. which is a complete coincidence. Mm. I would like to state for the record. Mm-hmm. Just happened to, yeah, I, yeah, I'll show you the paper. It actually says right there, hello, hello, hoppa, hoppa, hoppa. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, who are you? I'm Kate. Who me? Betsy. Cool. <laughs> why, why we here? We here talk book. Book talk. Book talk. Book talk good. Book yeah. talk bad. Book talk so-so. Yeah. Yeah. Kid book. Kid book. Kid picture book. Yeah. CC. <laughs> What? I don't know. I lost the thread of it. Oh. I can't get back. <laughs> That's correct, though. Yes, this is Fuse 8 and Kate. And, uh, yeah, we talk about picture books and determine if they are worthy of inclusion in the great canon of children's literature. Or the crap. You, your monocle fell off. You I, it, what are you yeah. talking about? It, you might want to pick it, it back. It fell in my tay. <laughs> <laughs> no, got that... monocle tay. I'm in a goofy mood today. Yeah, I, don't know where, I don't know where I'm going with that stuff. All right. I can only imagine what book this is going to be. It's, uh, I would not call this goofy. This is not a, this is not a goofy book today. Now, oh, you said last week it was going to be by a woman. Very good memory, and it is, because I also have a very good memory. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so I looked at the old, ye old top 100 picture books poll, mm-hmm. um, and I was curious as to who's, who's the top lady? Who was the number one, like, who was the top most lady on the list? And the top most lady on the list was Margaret Wise Brown. Do you know why? Oh, is that the cats? No, that was Wanda Gog, who oh. did not even make it to the top ten. I, I, no, why no, Why is no. the name familiar? Margaret Wise Brown. I'll give you a, here, I'll give you a visual clue that no one else is listening. I'm rocking back and forth. Oh, are you a ghost I'm grandma? I'm a ghost grandma! Oh, Goodnight Moon. That's right, that's right, she did Goodnight Moon. So she was the, the top mostly, but we already did Good Night Moon. Right. Yeah, unless you want to do it again. No. I'm, you sure? Yeah, I was okay. pretty scared last time. Okay, well, we'll move away from that then. No, this is um, this is Judith Viorst is, uh, is the next woman in line. Does that name mean anything to you at all? Nope. Okie dokie. So uh, she's not exactly a household name, this lady. But as it happens, she did a very... A very famous book, a book far more famous than she, which I will reveal now. Oh, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. You know, I was two seconds away from saying, did she do that Alexander book? Sure you were, kid. I was, I I believe you entirely. I was distracted. Ah, you were just, you actually were distracted, yes, by the, by the laptop. Yes, have you read this book? I read it as a kid. You did read it as a kid. And I saw maybe three minutes of the movie. Why? Because it was just before Kingsman at a drive-in. <laughs> Fascinating? Yep. I think kind 
Kingsman. If you want to know more about oh, that, kind of. It was yeah. either Kingsman or the Box Trolls. It was probably the Box Trolls. That would make more oh, sense. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing the Box Trolls movie. That was a good movie. Now, that's a book we could. No, that book is 500 pages long. I didn't even know it was a book. Oh, yeah. It's not called Box Trolls, so. No. Uh, but I do own it, and it is a delight. Uh, it doesn't have much resemblance to the movie, as far as I can tell. But, yes, no, this was a movie. Uh, we'll get into that at some point. But in the meantime, yes, here's have a book that you read as a kid and you probably haven't touched since. I think oh. it's fair to say. Is this in color? Ah, not really. Nope. Not really. Because they make him a redhead on the cover. They do, um, which he wasn't. Yeah, I was going to um, say. In real life, he is, he is not redheaded. Um, also, what but year... Look, we have the same shoes. You do. You have the same high tops. What year would you would you place this book, knowing what you know about it now? Eighty-five. Very good. No, it's seventy-two. But oh. I just I was very good that you came up with a number. Yes. <laughs> it was within like a good decade or so. That so wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. bad. I was just legit. going off of the That's shoes. That's really. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. It's kind of an old book. It's seventy-two. Um, but I would argue that it is aged shockingly well. Hmm. Uh, possibly I could maybe even, like, if I wanted to get all, like, academic, I could say that it ushered in a new era of realism in children's literature. We'll what? get... <laughs> Go read book. Okay. Okay. While Kate's reading the book, I have your daily fact about the book. Uh, in this particular case, I, I don't usually do this, but, uh, I found something on Wikipedia that I just found delightful. I don't know who wrote this for Judith Bjork's bio on Wikipedia. Whoever it was, sir or madam or what have you, uh, I salute you. Uh, this, this is a delight. Here, here's how it reads. Bjork is a 1952 graduate of the Newark College of Arts and Sciences at Rutgers University in Newark, New Jersey. In 1968, Bjork signed the Writers and Editors War Tax Protest Pledge, vowing to refuse tax payments in protest against the Vietnam War. In the latter part of the 1970s, after two decades of writing for children and adults, she turned to the study of Freudian psychology. In 1981, she became a research graduate at Washington Psychoanalytic Institute after six years of study. It really doesn't go into any detail after that point, nor does it really mention that she never really stopped writing for children permanently. Um, but we'll get into that later. I, I just thought it was kind of neat. We're back. Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. Sure. Good day. Uh, they mention Australia so much in this book. I'll just do everything in a bad Australian accent. No, no, no. We, we shrimp we, on the barbie. I and, think we uh, dropped the, uh, the accent requirement for this podcast yeah, sure. a while ago. Oh. We, we, we're, oh. we're good. We're good. We're good. Not that it's not a better accent, uh, Australian accent, than mine. <laughs> Many things are, to be fair. Uh, so what'd you think? I have a lot of thoughts. Thoughts! So let's start from the beginning. Okay. It starts off with poor Alexander here waking up, mm. and he's got already like four bad things have happened <laughs> yeah, to him. He hasn't even left his room. Hasn't even left his room. Yeah. But let me tell you, kind of his fault that he tripped on his skateboard because his room's a mess. It, well, yeah. So I don't feel that too bad. I guess. I mean, come on, clean up your room, kid. Well. You're old enough to clean up your room. Sure. And Doesn't he share that room? He does. But, so it's not, but it's, this is all near his bed. I guess, but it's 
possible, well, okay, it's possible that he was not the one who left it there. I mean, brothers borrow other brothers' stuff, but yes. This is the creepiest koala I have what? ever it's, seen. Is that supposed to be a koala? Yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Uh-huh. Okay, I guess it's got a koala nose. And the ears and the... Yeah. The paw, and the, cl- oh, the because he yeah. likes Australia. Yeah, but that is one creepy koala because the <laughs> eyes are way too far apart. It's like two koalas that mashed into each other, but it just looks... So that would be an additional bad thing that happened to him this morning. He's being overlooked by a creepy koala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though I bet he, he just loves that thing. Maybe. So he's got all these bad things happening. Yeah, and then gum he... got in his hair, which I we never find so, out how he gets that out. As I true. understand, peanut butter is the solution to that. And you just cut it out. Yeah, you probably just... It's not fast. He probably right? just walked downstairs, it's hair, cut it, it out. Just cut it out. And the old bald spot. But again, it's your fault. You fell Yeah, no, that I'll grant mouth. you. I'll grant like, you that one. Nope, don't. Go to sleep chewing gum. And Come it was on. your fault that you dropped the sweater in the sink. Just why? Oh, but that, you know, it's easy to drop stuff in the sink. A sweater. Also, he has a, they have their own private bathroom. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. It's supposed to be a pretty big house. I can only imagine how gross it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got three boys, right? Right. Yeah. So that's not gonna he be goes good. down for breakfast, and his brothers each get cool toys in their cereal boxes, mm-hmm. and all he gets is cereal. Let me ask you something. Okay. Have you ever, in the cereal aisles of your grocery store, mm. ever seen toys in boxes of rice cereal, oats cereal, and wheat pops? Well, none of those cereals are real. No, so. but, but it would be like the sugar, sugariest sugar Cheerios sugar. used to. Cheerios used to. When I was a child, we used to get toys. Corvette Stingray car kits. I don't know if they were that cool. Junior Undercover Agent Cogrins. Okay. To be fair, this was written in 1972. Yeah. The height of the toy and the cereal era. I'm sure Cheerios was like, here's a book. Uh, Actually, Cheerios has been doing books more recently. I happen to know some people who have written some Cheerios books. This is actually a thing. But in the old days, I believe, I remember getting toys out of cereal. But yeah, you make a good point. Maybe it was the sugary... Maybe it was Golden Grams, because we did get Golden Grams once yep. in a while. So, that's I just, possible. I just don't think healthy cereals would have toys in them. I don't know. Because you want If to... you're a cereal scholar, <laughs> <laughs> write us at FuseGateAid at gmail.com. And then he says, I think I'll move to Australia. And then I was like, oh, the koala. Okay. Okay, so it's all tied. He likes Australia. Thematically consistent. Okay. We'll why, allow it. Why Australia? Because it's as far away as possible from his home. You know, we always talk about Australia being on the other side of the earth, so. I mean, we don't know where he lives, though. He lives in America. If he lives in L.A., it's not the other side of the world. Australia He's wearing long sleeves and pants. He's not wearing living in L.A. It's... What are you talking? Hey, I lived in L.A. Yeah. You wear long pants and long... Really? Because yeah. he was quite warm. In... All right. I don't know. Does it... We'll have to look at this, but I don't think this book looks like L.A. Okay. Right. I don't know. It could be Northern California with these. It could be Northern California. We get to the next stage. There's LA. all these beautiful yeah. uh, oaks, maples, sure. maybe. Um, totally a '70s Beetle that uh, Mrs. Gibson is Love driving. It. Love it. Though not a ideal family car, since he is squished in the back seat. Oh yeah, you are. And you know, there's no seatbelts. Of course not. Yeah. No, no. It, it's she's lucky they're not crawling over each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. 
Right, so, so Mrs. Gibson picks him up and drives him to school where he sits in the middle seat. Eh, okay. It's not that bad. That's not, yeah. On the litany of his complaints, this is real low. And then we get to, he goes to school, hmm. and again, I feel like these are problems that he caused Self-perpetuating problems, yeah. yes. Where he do, he draws an invisible castle. Come on, that's... No, that was just lazy. Yeah. On his part, and yeah. And counting, he leaves out 16. Okay, yeah, that's your fault. Yeah, that was on you, man. But really, it's, it's more painful and more frustrating when you are the person that is making the mistakes and that and then you just get more frustrated with yourself yeah and then you make more mistakes and then you get even more frustrated with right. yourself so i i get the loop that he's yeah he's caught into. in a bad day loop also you know we live out the stories that we tell about ourselves and he his narrative from the start is this is a bad day so even if like anything he's probably cutting out all the stuff that went right in the day this True. is just a litany of complaints True. from start to finish Mm -hmm. Because that's how it feels. It feels like when you're having a bad day, you've convinced yourself you're going to have a bad day. I yep. see this in my own kids where they're like, this is the story I am now going to live out and I am not going to deviate. Do not attempt to cheer me up. I am miserable because that is how it's supposed to go. And right. that is that is very much his attitude. Whether it's your own doing or... It, yeah, or, the universe does pick on him. Yeah, I mean, a, in this case yeah. where his friend... He yeah, that was lame. Doesn't think that he's his best friend back. So yeah. that, that hurts. Well, there's even like a picture and I, I love that Ray Cruz, the, uh, the illustrator of this book, actually shows the kid with his arms literally around the other two new bester friends. I do like the diversity though. I love the diversity. Like, you don't Thank, even need well, to see Hat their... tip to you, 1972. Yeah. And you don't even need to see their faces. No. And it's not even in color. Yeah, one of the this best... This is all in black the, the, and white, the, the but you The first can tell. best friend that he's now uh, chosen is African-American. Yeah. And it's not even, like, the book's like, this is a big deal! It, it's not. It's like, this is just the situation. Deal with it, folks. And <laughs> poor Alexander is so angry that he says... I hope the next time you get a double-decker strawberry ice cream cone, the ice cream part falls off the cone and lands in Australia. It's, I like the amount of syllables that went into that insult. You know, because most kids would have just settled for, I hope you die, which right. is short, sweet, to the point. Right. And he worked in it's a very lot creative. of details. Yeah. A double-decker. Mm-hmm. Double-decker. Strawberry. Yeah, because we're not going with any old flavor. Right. Strawberry yeah. ice cream. Uh-huh. Uh, cone... Uh, cone, the ice cream part falls off the cone. Not the whole thing. It just the ice cream part. It doesn't drip. It no. completely falls no, off. it's off. And it's not going to fall off and land on, on your, your shoes. shoes which would be logical. Clothes. Right. It's going to land in another part of the world. Yeah. Where you cannot retrieve it. Right. <laughs> yes. Again, his obsession with Australia is a little weird. Well, you know, he's already been thinking about it. And you know when you're, like, just riffing and trying to say the first thing comes to mind, and then you've already been thinking about Australia. Yeah, it's just a little weird. Well, that's where I think, that's why I don't think his friend gets mad at him. Because there's no, like, well, and he said he hated me, too, and we never spoke to each other again. I think his friend is sort of like, interesting place he went with that. <laughs> and I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to lunchtime, mm. where his friends get dessert in their lunch boxes. Yeah. Dessert. Is that yeah. what, do moms and dads uh, give As dessert? someone who packs her daughter's lunch every single day. You put yes. dessert in there? Of course. You put dessert. You also put a snack. 
for later in the day because they have an extra snack. And sometimes an extra, extra snack if they have an after-school activity. Snacks I get. Dessert? Right, like a cookie. Yeah, I wouldn't really think of cookie as a dessert, but I cookie guess Cookie is dessert. I mean, compared cookie to these guys who get, well, okay, what cup, they get two are, cupcakes. Yeah, see, that's insane. A Hershey bar with almonds. Yeah, no. They, like, they have taken it to another level. No, no, no. But yeah, no, 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 totally. I Cookie counts as dessert, I would say. Okay. Yeah. It holds. I mean, it's probably a good thing that he didn't get dessert because he has to go to the dentist's office where mm. he gets a cavity. Yeah, and that sucks because we, I'm unclear on his age, but I'm pretty sure he probably, he looks like he would be around the age of six. See, I would say eight. But even at the age of eight. short for eight. Well, no, I don't think so. I think, I think he definitely, he strikes me as an eight-year-old. But in any case, whatever the case, he's not done getting his grown-up teeth in. He would still be losing his baby teeth. So knowing his luck, it's in one of his grown-up teeth that came in. Because that would just, I mean, if yeah. it's in one of your baby teeth, that's fine. Man. Yeah. You take that out and it'll grow back in. Yeah. But yeah, knowing him. That's too bad. Yeah, I know. I do love the art in the dentist's office, though. I mean, I'm loving this. <laughs> I thought that too. The peg, the peg man. I love, I love the modern. And this. That's like a Kandinsky, but Kandinsky light. <laughs> I don't know. I like it, man. I like it a lot. It's simple. Yeah. But clean. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, it looks like an upside down exclamation mark, uh, the other one. Yeah. And then again, he's going to Australia. Like, what is his obsession with Australia? Just that no one he knows is there, I suspect. I mean, he's brought it up three times now. No, he has. No, it's definitely a theme. It could just be this is always where he, like, Australia is some mythical land. Weird. You know of a land down under. Maybe he heard that song. He couldn't have. It was 1972. All right. <laughs> Okay, so he his foot gets stuck in the elevator door, That's not and he, he his brother makes him fall into the mud, and he starts crying. And at this point, I'm like, okay, all right, now, okay, now I feel for you. Now I feel bad. Oh, see, I thought you were gonna say like, now I feel for the brother. <laughs> no, no, no like, good. Okay, yeah. Once you've fallen in the mud, yeah. Once you're in the mud, I mean, you just get so angry that you just start crying. Yeah, that's yeah. The point see, where that's at. the problem. I think, and I think you share this with me. The uh, unfortunate evolutionary tactic our bodies have taken where if you get angry, you cry. Yeah. Which is super unfortunate, and I cannot think of any situation in nature where this would be a good idea. Unless you want to make the other person feel bad for you. Yeah, but I'm talking like, I'm going way, way back. Like, a lion's going to eat me, I'm or the lion has eaten my sister, and I'm really mad at it's this lion, so I'm going to cry. It's a It worked on Rumpel Silkin. <laughs> It did it that, <laughs> as opposed to the Sylvester and the Magic Pebble solution, which is turn yourself into a rock. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but the, this is the uh, the thing, the number 478 thing that Betsy doesn't like. Yes, which? When you uh, have a sentence here, and then it stops halfway with and. Yeah. And then the next page is just a picture. Huh. So you have to flip the page in order yeah. to finish. And really, yeah. this could have you had ended. Plenty of, you had plenty of... This entire sentence yeah. could have just ended at the end, so... Yeah. Yeah, there was no reason. Like, we're going to turn the page anyway. It's a run-on sentence, It's a run-on too. sentence, and I'm fine with the run-on sentence aspect. But there really was no reason the to word. make me have to turn the page. I'm going to do it. Right. Trust me on this. Yeah. yeah. I, it was on my to-do list. <laughs> and... 
while I was punching Nick for so yeah. And then his mom scolds him. I'm like, Ugh. and then the, he says, "I am having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day." Yeah. I told everyone, and no one even answered. Like his mom didn't say something. Well, he does. He's not saying what's happening when he's saying this because, for all we know, his other brother and. You know, his other brothers have started fighting with each other, and she's trying to separate them. And I know, I feel for the mom. This is a mom of three boys, and she's trying to keep peace. And yeah, no, I mean, it's not perfect situation, but sometimes you get distracted. But yes, if she heard him and just was if ignoring him. he said, him, I'm having a no, bad it's, day. It's possible that he says this every day. And she's just, <laughs> at this point, just tuned it out. Yeah, right. she's just like... Here we go again with the I'm having a bad day part. I it always happens at 2.30. I don't know why, but he does it every day. He's gonna grow out of it. It's gonna be okay. Hmm. I just I just get, gotta get through the day. Well and I then gotta they, go to bed sometime. And then they get to the shoe store. Yep. Where his brothers get the shoes that they want and right. he doesn't get the shoes that he wants. Yeah. And then he says, They made me buy plain old white ones. Honey, no one made you buy anything because you don't have any money. Your mom <laughs> bought those, and you're going to deal with it. I don't know. No, his luck, they took it out of his foot. allowance. Yeah. Made you buy. <laughs> you don't even know what money is, kid. All right. Oh, he does know what money is, but we'll get to that. Uh, that that's one of his sequels. Yeah. Okay. Well, they get to uh, the dad's office. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for the dad. Where they're supposed to pick up the dad, who yeah. I think is um he's either greek or um he's some because i interesting his wedding ring is on his right hand which is what the greeks do huh yeah that's strange i'm right i'm sure there are other well i'll be darned but i i I just know for a fact because i work with someone who's greek and and had lunch with a bunch of greek people and they all have the wedding ring on the right hand you're dead right yeah Unless this picture was flipped somehow in the printing process and Ray Cruz forgot to put the pink... I, that's very interesting. So... Huh. Why is the wedding ring on the wrong hand? Is it on her? Well, she's got it on the correct hand. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't even know what's going on here. Very interesting. It's all one picture. <laughs> huh. Meanwhile... His sons just proceed to trash his office. Yeah, they've somehow managed to break a potted plant, spill yeah. ink, break pencils, um, have a copy machine just going up Some blast. ancient 1972, it's even pre-ditto machine. The, I don't even know And this kid it. is eating ice cream. Where yeah, did he, where did he get that ice cream? Where did the ice cream come yeah. from? Yeah, and how come no one else has any? And how come Alexander isn't complaining about that? Because that sure would be on the top cream? of... Yeah, I'm not so sure what that is. <laughs> Maybe he found someone's yogurt and he's just licking it. Yeah. So then, uh, right, so he takes a bath and the water's too hot and he has to wear pajamas he doesn't like and he goes to bed. They are awesome pajamas. Where the cat doesn't want to sleep with him. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. Like, That's legit. I totally understand being yeah. mad that your pet doesn't want to sleep with you because the pet is supposed to make things better. Yeah. That's the pet's job. That's your one job, pet. <laughs> is to make you feel better. Whether yeah. it's a cat's purr mm-hmm. or a dog's head resting on your lap. Yeah. Like, that is... Oh my gosh, that kills me. He does not appreciate it, though, I should say. The fact that he doesn't have to sleep on a bunk bed. True. He gets his own bed. True. Something they probably envy. But why is there a poster that just says ecology? <laughs> There's no picture... There's no drawing. It just says uh, ecology. Maybe the 
dad really wants one of them to go into that line of work and to encourage them, he has simply placed a poster in their bedroom that just says, what's the one under it say? It's something... Kid, kid power. Oh, it's kid power. Thank goodness. I saw the power and I was very worried about and what the first one is. <laughs> yeah, but then the kid, there's a fist. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, but the ecology thing fist. throws me off. I'm like, I don't get it. They're, ecology. Remember, a, kids. This is a ecology. word. It's a word. Don't forget it. Maybe they're hoping kids will read it in the book and be like, Mommy, what does ecology mean? And then you like you, you take them to a swamp or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but then... What did you do with it, right? Yeah. On this page it says, It has been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. My mom says some days are like that. Oh, now the mom says something. <laughs> you couldn't have said something earlier in the day to make him feel better. No. You had to wait until he was in She bed. may not have said it that day. She may have said it... One of the five million other times that he said he's having a bad day, and he's just remembering now. And then he's in bed, and the last sentence is, even in Australia. So she Again took, with she, Australia? Well, she took that away from him, though. What? He had Australia as his dream place, and she told him, yeah, but they even have bad days there, so you can't even escape there, kid. You're stuck. What is his with obsession us? with that country? I don't know. I mean, it's a lovely country. A, I've been there. It was amazing. You know, but... there's actually a woman whose uh, whose children's literature blog is called Even in Australia. Okay. It's a great title. The only problem being, anyone who reads it thinks that she is Australian or reviews Australian books, which is slightly maybe. confusing. I like New Zealand better, but maybe... I'm not gonna fight. That's I have no dog in that fight. Maybe he should have said what? even in New Zealand. Doesn't sound as good. Even in Australia. Four syllables. Sounds good. Three is fine. Antarctica would also sound good, but who wants to live there? Maybe he does if he if they don't have bad well, days I, there. They may not have. Yeah, exactly. They have really short days. They only last about three hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> and only so much time for right. you to run. <laughs> you have a small window of time. All right. So, Judith Yorst is still publishing to this very day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she has a... A book uh, coming out in September of this year. It's called Lulu Walks the Dogs. She still does books. She still does books. Um, and she has been writing, and this is a quote, and I'm quoting this because it's awesome. She says, uh, she's been writing, quote, At least since I was seven or eight, when I composed an ode to my dead parents, both of whom were alive and well, and when they read my poem, extremely annoyed. <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Uh, she does have three sons, one of whom is named Alexander. Under normal circumstances, when you name a character in a book that becomes very popular after one of your children, that child is doomed to have a horrible life. See Peter Pan. See Wind of the Willows. See many books in which this is the case. Oh, Winnie the Pooh, obviously. But no, in this particular case, uh, he's a lovely fellow. They interviewed him in 2014 in the Washington Post because of that movie. And, uh, yeah. It was written, the book was written to cheer him up. Uh, even though it looks nothing like him, but because Ray Cruz, who did it, did not know what he looked like. So there you go. Uh, Ray Cruz, illustrator, had been drawing... We, we know so little about him. He'd been drawing since he was five years old. We know that much. And his art is in the Grumman uh, Children's Literature Collection in Minnesota. That's where his papers are. So, yay, Ray Cruz. <laughs> Uh, Don't sound too enthusiastic, Betsy. Sorry, I feel bad for Ray Cruz. The thing is, the crazy <laughs> thing is, when you look at all the Alexander books, they've all been done in the same art style, which is to say, the style of Ray Cruz. To the point which, here's the other Alexander books. Alright, so this one comes out in 72, right? Then there was Alexander, who used to be rich last Sunday. That's the name of the book. That's the name of the book. It's great. Alexander, 
Who used to be rich last yes. Sunday. You can see he's already having a bad Not day. Not Saturday. Not last or Sunday. Friday. Well, my daughter gets her allowance on Sunday, so it makes sense. Um, That came out in 77, illustrated by Ray Cruz. So far, so good. Then we we jump forward in time to 1995. Alexander, who can't pay his student loans. That would have been accurate. Uh, (laughs) Too far forward? This was being too far forward because we haven't gotten to the housing crash yet. So no, 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 no. We're going to scale that one back. Uh, Alexander, who is not, do you hear me? I mean it, going to move. So that's, there you go. But... Like, out of his parents' basement? Or... No. <laughs> he's still a kid. Oh. And then he's illustrated in the, with, by Robin Price Glazer, quote, in the style of Ray Cruz, whom, we must presume, is dead. Moving on. Then comes, we go forward in time to 2014. To the next... Ele- so she just keeps letting decades just slip by. Alexander, who's trying to his best to be the best boy ever illustrated by, and I'm going to just mangle this name, Isadre Mones, in the style of Ray Cruz. So, there you go. Wait, so is he, is Ray Cruz dead? Um, I'll get back to you. I assume so. He must be, right? Wouldn't they just go to him? Otherwise? Unless he asked for more money, but mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. Uh, there you go. Um, when it came out, we've got good reviews. Kirkus uh, said, If Alexander's mother is smart to offer casual sympathy without phony consolation, Cruz and viewers accord readers the same respect. So there you go. Uh, I don't know. She adv- she gives him advice at the very end of the book. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say when he got the- He's reflecting on his day. She gave it to him at some point. For all we know, she gave him to it at breakfast, and he's just remembering it finally at the end of the day when he has nothing else to think about Touché. because he's going to bed. Touché. So we don't know. Um, there was an animated musical in 1990, and then, of course, in 2014, it was turned into that live-action movie with Steve Carell, and it got a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is about as average as average can be. Wouldn't average be 50? Yeah, I think 50 is actually, uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know. It depends if you're going by, like, grades, you know? Right, exactly. 60 is still, what? Like like a a passing grade, right? I don't know, is that like a D? D plus? It's a D plus. (laughs) So it got a D plus. It's not a... (laughs) It didn't fail. Thing. It didn't <laughs> fail. Oh, Judith Viewers is uh, 87 years old. Get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> sorry. I got confused. I think I said Lulu Walks a Dog. That already came out. Lulu is getting a sister is coming out with Athenaeum uh, on uh, April 24th. So I believe the day after we're posting this podcast. Excellent. Yeah. So go get that book, folks. Support your local octogenarian. Um, she did write other famous books. Uh, The Tenth Good Thing About Barney is one of the biggest death books for kids out there. We might do that someday. Um, and she did, uh, the best named poetry for collection for kids of all time. It is, it is titled Sad Underwear. Okay. I think that's a great title. I'm a little confused. Yeah. Well, I do vaguely remember having this book as a kid. Though I don't really remember much other than he had a bad day. But you can get that from the title. Yeah. Well, and title-wise, i got to give full credit to that author. Because yeah. I, she must have had to sell him on that title. Because a lot of publishers could have reserved the right to retitle your book themselves. And it's a mouthful. It's very long. It doesn't... If but, it was writing its name in kindergarten, it wouldn't fit on the sheet of paper. But I like this title more than those other titles you mentioned. Oh, Alexander, who used to be rich last Sunday. You don't like that one? Uh, I, I mean, kind of like that one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
It's not as good a book. This one's like catchy. It's like, ah, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, dang. And it leaves out (laughs) Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could deal without the obsession with Australia. It's a little (laughs) weird. Once, okay. There's a person who just went to Australia. I mean, once, okay, twice, all right, three times, cut it out, four times, that's enough. That's repetition. You need that in a kid's Four book. times? Four is unusual. It's but a... but the fourth is sort of the capper yeah. on the whole muzzle. Yeah. I mean, but I, again, I, I feel him at points where it's like, you know, oh my gosh, I fell in the mud and I'm already angry and I'm just going to start crying. And we are angry. Like, I, I feel yes. that. But then other times it's like, dude, just... Draw this, the assignment. Do your homework. Like, no You're one, bringing this on yourself. Yeah, no, there's no yeah. one to blame but yeah. you. Yeah. You fall asleep with gum in your mouth, it's on you. But when you're in a bad mood, you really aren't distinguishing between what What's, you have done. Right. Yeah, where your culpability lies in these situations and and where the universe is just like. But you I know, feel like a kid you. would be able to like read this book and relate to him and be like, oh, yeah. oh man, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, well, and like, compare this to like all the fluffy bunny books out there where it's like, and then he, he had a wonderful birthday and all his friends came. Yeah. Like, there are kids who want a book about a kid having a bad day. Where his best friend he thought was his best friend is yeah. no longer his best friend. It's Dude, like, that's... that's harsh and real. Yeah. Oh, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would consider this a, mm, mm, Seven. All right. Interesting. Yeah, I would think this is, uh, and I was, I was saying this a little earlier, and I think I'm, I only just came up with it when I said it, but now I'm beginning to like plant my flag in the ground and 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 declare it to be so. But I think this seriously was ushering in a new era of picture books where realism was a thing. I mean, we'd had fantastical elements in picture books for a long time. This was not the first to do it, and this was by no means the last, because I have a very strong image in my head of a Trina Sharp Hyman picture book about parents getting divorced and they have to eat lima beans all the time, but for some reason I pair with this book in my head. Well, but because this book, he has to eat lima he beans. He has to eat lima beans. You know what that's it is. Yeah. Lima beans were the detriment of the 1970s to children. I don't know why. I thought they were delicious. I love lima beans. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong. I always read it in these books, and I was like, you kids are crazy. Yeah, lima beans pop are great. Yeah. Possibly 70s lima beans were bad. We don't know. I don't remember the 70s very well. Maybe uh, maybe they were terrible. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. In any case, I think this is a very important book. Big capital I. So, uh, I'm going with an 8. Okay. A strong 8. So, it's a classic. That is a classic, my friend. Finally! <laughs> a classic written by a woman. Yeah! All right, fine. I'll get you more women. Yay! All right. More women! More ladies! More ladies! <laughs> All right, letters. Ooh. But before we've got letters, we've got clarification. Oh, what'd you get wrong? Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I got a big thing wrong, and it was on my grown-up things we like. Oh. Now, here's a surprising thing, and it ties into our show. You know when we do children's books made horrific? Yes. We will often quote them, and they come from the toast, and they're written by uh, Mallory Ortberg. Yeah. They were... I should say past tense, written by Mallory Ortberg, who has a book out called right. The Merry Spinster, which I recommended. Right. Well, someone very gently and very politely corrected me on my blog when I put it in the show notes. And they wrote, and they said... Are they like, eh, eh, Betsy? Eh, Betsy? They said it nicely. They said it very nicely, but they were like, so you are aware that Mallory Ortberg is now 
Daniel Mallory Ortberg. Oh. I did not know that, and it is not on Daniel's brand new book. The book still says Mallory Ortberg. So, and I don't follow Ortberg's personal life online, so I had no idea. That's awkward. It was a little bit awkward. <laughs> so, correction: the Mary Spinster is not, in fact, by Mallory Ortberg. It is by Daniel Mallory Ortberg, who transitioned very recently. And I was out of the loop, so apologies there. Um, and then we had a mystery, as you'll recall. At the on Rumpelstiltskin, uh-huh. there's a coin yeah. on the back, and we wanted to know what the coin said. Yeah, it looked said. like it was Latin or... Yeah, it looked like Latin, Latin or something. Or, yeah. yeah, a lot of people wrote in on that one. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, Stephanie, the third sister, uh, <laughs> she had some theories. Uh, as she wrote, quote... I took Latin my senior year of college, just for fun, as you do, <laughs> and learned more about grammar and parts of speech than at any other time of my life. Hmm. So, now, her theory was that it says several things on the back there, and one of them is, like, and I'm, again, going to mispronounce this, but it says, like, fashibat, or something like that, and it means made in the year of, um, but it should also say anno. Uh, and then there was a word in there, Paulus, and she says, like, as in the author Paul himself... She thought there was something about uh, Stradivarius violins being named that way. But then she saw that there was a Deborah yeah. in there, yeah, um, which we was... noticed that. Yeah, I, we... I wasn't sure if it was Deborah or yeah. Deborah. Yeah. So she says he's giving credit to his wife um, for helping him. Is that his wife's name? Uh, yes, it is, actually, huh. as it turns out. So there you go. fortunately for all of us, um, Paul wrote in, and he said, because uh, I asked him, I was like, Paul... What is your kind man on the back of your book? I said it just like that. Um, he was uh, doing tech stuff when I asked him. Uh, but because he's a stand-up guy, he wrote a very nice answer. And, and I'm going to read it to you now. Um, so this is what he said. It was a practice in the Middle Ages and to some degree later for artists to sign paintings and sculptures with a Latinized name and a Latin inscription, beginning with facet or facibat, which again, I am mispronouncing. Which means made it or made this. I don't speak Latin, and by now I've forgotten who the expert was who translated it for me. But the lettering on Rumpelstiltskin's coin says Paulus Facibat. It's got the year, Auxilio, Deborah, which means Paul made it, 1986, with help from Deborah. So the writing on the coin was really my signature on the work. Deborah had to get credit for her contribution, which in this case was allowing me. To hole up in my studio day after 15-hour day, seven days a week, month after month, trying to dig myself out of the deep deadline hole I'd put myself in while she did all the domestic work, tended to our two-year-old daughter, who is the train bearer in the wedding scene. I don't know if you remember this, but there's oh, a yeah, small yeah. child holding... That was what I was thinking, like, whose child is this? That was apparently his child um, that he put in there and continued to teach full-time. Wait, why? How does his... How did his kid get in a book? I don't know. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Oh, and then he says, and this is adorable, I don't know if you've noticed what happens to the medal on Rumpelstiltskin's hat in the last pages of the book, or noted how much the back cover resembles the castle floor. We did notice that, Paul. Well, uh, it doesn't look like the floor. It looks like the walls. Yeah. To be technical. To be technical. On your um, own work, which is awkward. Additional note, uh, Paul Zielinski is from Wilmette, which is right next to Evanston. Oh. So, who knew? Cool. Who knew? All right. Well, next time he comes to... 
Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be coming to town. But oh. if he does come to town... I'm going to ask him about that moon, man. Come on. I, you know, so I, details. at the time that he wrote in, he had not listened to our podcast yet. He may yet write and say, look, here's the deal with the moon. I don't know. I didn't feel like it. It's, <laughs> it's probably not answers. his top priority <laughs> things to do. All right. Grown-up things we like. Ah. Grown-up things we like. Would you like to go first or second? Um, I leave it to you. I will go second. Oh, very well. Then I've got a good first one. All right. All right. As you may know, I uh, edited an anthology. Edited it? Edited, 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 an anthology called Funny Girl, which consisted of funny women who write for kids, all in one neat package. In a, it's like a salmon cover. It's very salmon. Yes, not pink. Salmon. Oh, and I just got the paperback editions in the mail today, so that'll be coming out in May. If anyone thought to themselves, "Oh, I'd like to buy Betsy's book, but it's too expensive." Uh, now it is slightly less expensive than it was before. So go, go up and do that. You can now, uh, it's good just in time for the summer reading. And this is good for boys or girls. Oh, of course. Right. It's just funny women writing for kids. It's funny girl, but it's for right. any age. Heck yeah. Uh, 9 to 12, I'd say. 9 to 12. 9 to 12. It's very specific. Yeah. Well, that's what middle grade, uh, okay. writing is. I don't know. 9 to 12. You can be younger or older. Many, many people have... Read it. If you have a child, buy it for your child. Exactly. Have child, (laughs) buy my book. But that's not why I came on to talk about. What I really came to talk about was the fact that it's called Funny Girl. And there is a very famous movie starring Barbara Streisand called Funny Girl. Now, have you seen this? Nope. Nor had I. Which seemed a little awkward considering I wrote a whole book with the same title. Yeah. So, what I did... Uh, Matt proposed it one night. He was like, do you want to actually watch Funny Girl, which had been given to me as a gift? And I was like, well, I don't mind if I do. It's super long and incredibly good. It is a biopic. Biopic musical. Um, it was Barbara Streisand's first film role. She is with Omar Sharif, who you may recall from a recent Google Doodle on his birthday. Uh, he was the George Clooney of his day. And there are songs periodically that you know, and it's, uh, it's a fascinating story and it's a real star turn if you've ever like looked at barbara streisand and haven't looked at much of her early work and been like why is she famous this movie explains it perfectly it is awesome very funny um very contemporary in some ways in other ways completely backwards but many ways it's just great uh so two thumbs up on the movie funny girl cool yeah I am uh, not doing a movie, but I'm doing a YouTube series. Ooh, that's interesting. So, from a company called Cut, C-U-T, mm-hmm. and they do these different kinds of videos, like Guess My dis- guess my Disability, or Guess Who Does Drag, Guess Who Is White, which you would think would be easy, but it's actually not. So, they take, um, like, five different people, and then they say to them, okay, you are going to now have to guess... Um, you know, out of this group of 12 people, who's white? Hmm. And then they go one by one, and they're like, okay, um, and it's all about um, first impressions and mm-hmm. how you uh, how you categorize people as soon as you see them, and then you're just kind of flipped on your head when they reveal, um, yeah, I'm, I, I have a beard, but I do drag. And they're like, wait, what? Hmm. People with beards can do drag? And it's it's interesting to see how people, you know, react to their own misconceptions Mm -hmm. well the company who does the company cut 
has a brand called Hi-Ho Kids, H-I-H-O, and they introduce kids to a bunch of different things. Like um, there's a video of kids meet a burn survivor, kids meet a kid with cancer, kids meet a kid in recovery from addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see all these kids meet these people who they probably wouldn't interact with otherwise mm -hmm. and be able to ask them questions in a safe environment and uh, and ask the questions that you might actually kind of want to ask someone but would be afraid to so mm -hmm. it's um so those are fun videos too so cut and hi-ho kids and their videos are are fun and entertaining and uh yeah there excellent you go. oh that sounds great yeah yay what a good recommendation thank you welcome <laughs> i don't know if any of those kids would uh want to meet alexander um i don't know i don't kids, think alexander would do very well a kid who has a bad day <laughs> so <laughs> so why are you having a bad day because i have gum in my hair oh yeah okay, okay. how'd that happen okay yeah. i think it'd be a very short interview yeah yep yep yeah they have a thing at libraries called uh because you just start crying and then the kids would be like this is awkward I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go over here I'm gonna go now. hang out with my best friend Paul now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, salt in the wound. Yeah, they have things called human libraries at, uh, at libraries where you can check out a book which is actually a person and just ask them any question. Uh, and so that sounds actually kind of similar. Yeah. We, we just had one at my library. Cool. So, there you go. All right. Well, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. All right. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbonskime, and our timeline overlord is Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of school. Library Journal. <laughs>